Hello, my lovely listeners, and welcome to Spilling the Tea with Colin Taylor, a podcast that celebrates the dog grooming industry and the dog world, but also goes behind the curtain to bring out some home troops. So sit back, relax, and enjoy, and thank you for listening. Thank you so much, and welcome to Spilling the Tea. How's everybody doing? I hope you guys are doing well. My name is Colin Taylor. Oh, you don't have to, really. Please, please, please don't. Oh, carry on, carry on, carry on, carry on, carry on. Oh, thank you. No, no, you don't have to. Anyway, yes, I am not totally serious. I do like to have some fun. And I love the press buttons, which has sound effects behind them. Um, anyway, so here we are doing another podcast. This is the second um, episode of season two of Spilling the Tea. Once again, thank you to Emma Darlington for naming this podcast. This one today is about competing. So I'm going to be talking to you about competitions, people that want to compete, people that don't want to compete, what's important, what's not important, blah, 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 and hopefully get some people online and on the phone, I should say, um, show organizers talk about their shows. So first of all, we had the amazing grooming show, which was in January, which is one of my favorite shows. I think it's absolutely amazing show. It's held at the Double Tree Hilton, has a great atmosphere, has a great bar, has great gin and tonics. What more can you want? And it has great company, great groomers, and it's just a fun, 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 fun weekend. And that's run by the incredible Denise Westbrook and Judy Lalu and um, team who do just a bang-up job on putting the show together. And it was so, so nice, but we finally had a show in a hotel, American style, I should call it, because that's what what I'm so used of, Um, going to shows which are held in a beautiful hotel where we can all be under the same roof and we can all network, we can all make friends and meet new, you know, and meet old friends. And that's really, really, really important. So... Um, we, we had the grooming show. Then we went into the crafts, which we all worked so, so hard. And we probably, a lot of us got, um, COVID, including myself and Coleman. I think 11 people out of my party of 13 all got it. And you know what? We used to drink a night together, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? It was, should I say it's worth it? No, I don't want to say that. Um, but crafts was incredibly a great show. And of course it's worth it going. And, um, I guess it was inevitable it was going to happen with around a lot of people. Talk, 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 hugging, hugging, hugging. I vowed not to be a hugger anymore, and that didn't last long because, you know what, I am a softy at heart, and when I, you know, I do like to hug. Okay, that's just how it is. Um, and then we went into a lull, and which was really, really nice, and now we're coming into the competition season. So the first one we have is Starter Rescue, which is this Come in Sunday, which I'm going to. Um, the incredible Jika Krasova is the person who puts this show together. It's been going on for a few years, and it is exactly what it says on the can. We celebrate rescue dogs. We celebrate the fact of people that have brought dogs over from different countries and also dogs already in the UK, and people have taken them on board and dealt with their issues and dealt with them incredibly well, and they've ended up being incredible household pets which need to be groomed also. So it's a really, really good one where... Um, oh, I think Jick is on the phone right now, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer. Hello? Oh, I didn't hear the phone. 
Hold on one second. But um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm Jacob, I'm going to call you back so you go through my podcasting machine. I'll call okay. I'll call you back. So I'm going to call Jika back. And we're going to do a little call. Let me see if it works. Why isn't it working? Okay. We will, um, I'm going to do something real quick. And, um, but yeah, so whatever Sam was, it's a really, really um, amazing thing that um, Jick has put this show together because it's just lovely to have, um, you know, this show, which is, you know, for rescue dogs. And there's dogs in the ring that are being groomed by groomers. And it's beautiful because some of these dogs are kind of new to it and some of them are a little bit used to it and some of them just don't enjoy it so we're trying to tackle everything at the same time and give the dog a good experience so let me see if it works this time hmm. i don't know why it's not going through my podcast machine okay anyway um i'm gonna ask for a mobile and we will carry on talking so um yes so uh that's just coming Sunday at the Kennel Club building. It's a really great location. The Kennel Club building has been one of them places where people have been like, oh, yeah, it's really, really boring. It's at the Kennel Club building again. But the good thing is it has some great positives. It has incredible lighting, which we need for grooming competitions. There is nothing worse than grooming in the dark and grooming with your shadow over the dog. It really makes it difficult. So the Kennel Club has actually really really good lighting it is also a great location where people know it also has incredible parking it also has wi-fi it does have an mc um uh, microphone which is not the best but it works and we work with it however ideally it would be great if um you know uh, people with shows bought in their own mc um equipment which is at an expense and we're going to get to that later but you know what but once again it's at the kennel the kennel club building and it is great location great parking everybody knows about it everybody knows where it is it has hotels on site it has hotels you know like right around the corner off site so it's a win-win situation so i'm really really excited to go okay so jitka has given me her mobile number so we and it's working. Da, da, da. Yay, it's working. So Hello. Hello, how are you doing? It's much better. I can't can, be better. Uh, that's, <laughs> so so I, I am I'm doing a podcast right now. It's not live, it's gonna go out later on today. Oh my but, goodness. <laughs> I know, but I'm talking about I'm talking about competitions. So Oh um, cool, yes. <laughs> and we have started to rescue this Sunday. So yes, I was, we do. I was explaining to people about the location and what it's about, but I want to find out by you what just yes. quick, just quickly why what made you want to put on Star to Rescue? What does it mean to you and all that jazz? Wow. <laughs> well, uh, oh my goodness! Well, some time ago, a few years ago, I heard about this competition in America called um, Rescue Rodeo. Uh huh. And I really love the idea of uh, rescue centers, bringing the dogs, groomers, you know, pampering them, make them even more beautiful. And they would find a new home on a day or, you know, maybe it, mm-hmm. it just would be easier, you know, when they're more, yeah. I don't want to hurt their feelings, but more appealing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this was the idea. And I was thought about it for a few years and I 
said to myself, well, you have to do it because otherwise, you know, uh, you will never do it. So the 2018 was the first one. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it went well. It was hard to get, uh, surprisingly, it was hard to get the rescue centers involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had lots of no's, which surprised me because I thought we giving them amazing opportunity to make their dogs seen and promote their rescues. But um, it's all good now. We have seven amazing um, charities we're working with. They're bringing their dogs. They're not all for rehoming, uh, but we're still raising money for their, for their charities. So, that, that yes, that's the main thing, isn't it? Absolutely. And, tell, and so you don't only have, obviously, the competitions. We have... Um, we, you have speakers coming. I'm coming. I'm going to do a little lecture. Yes, you are coming, and you are our MC because uh, your yes. English is much better than mine. Well, <laughs> You'll well, be I talking. Not all the time. <laughs> Sometimes it gets really bad. But you have the Sophie now. Sophie Bell. I've I've done seminars with Sophie. I love Sophie, and I was so yeah, excited. But she's going to be coming. Now she's she's a vet, so a vet slash yes. groomer. So, but she and she is having a stunt as well. So you know she will be available there all day. Awesome for people. She um, has amazing first eight courses. So definitely, definitely, her seminar is one of the top ones. To and then you got I mean, the, they're all amazing. The, 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 they are all. I mean, I don't like naming people because I always forget. But they're all going to be incredible. But I have my. If I wasn't emceeing, I would be in the Reiki class, having him do Reiki on me yes. because I need yes. it so bad. Absolutely. And you should go to Vanessa's class about energy flow uh-huh. in a salon and with the dogs, which is absolutely amazing. She will do a short meditation during the uh, mm-hmm. during the talk. Good. And I'm really hoping to sneak in Absolutely. <laughs> while she's doing it. But, <laughs> so we all be there. But more importantly, so it's open to, obviously, anybody who wants to come and watch. So Absolutely. Ha- so, so, anybody, yeah. So, so how much is it to get in To get in admission? To be honest, we just, uh, well, there's not like set entry free. Yeah. We, we, we said like um, from five pounds upwards. Yeah. Anything, you know, thousand exactly. pounds. Five, you know, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the good cause. Absolutely. <laughs> and also, we have uh, groomers bake off. So even if people are not competing, you can bring a cake. You can oh win, God. and then we will sell it, and we'll all eat it, and it will be absolutely amazing. So yeah. it will be amazing. And and you know, and this is really important, guys. People that are listening to this, you know what? If you want to come out and have a good day and enjoy yourself, see a bunch of dogs being groomed. And it's all for a good cause and give a little bit to charity and also come yes. and learn and buy some tools if you need tools, then this is yes. this is a great thing to the great show to come to. So Absolutely. Please, please come. Exactly. Please <laughs> I, I I will appreciate. But thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jicka, for talking to me. Thank you, and I'll see you on Sunday. I'll see you well, I'll see you Saturday. And, oh well, yeah, <laughs> with the I'll, setup. I'll yeah. see you Saturday and rest evening. of you I'll see you on Sunday. Okay, see you yes. later. Bye. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. So that is at the Kennel Club building at um, Stony Park, and that is a rescue, um, start to rescue, and it's a really, really good course. So please do come out, and um, you know what, you know, get in there and enjoy it, and you know what, come and learn because it's really, really important. And the one thing I love, um, which I really enjoy about the seminars here, is we have first aid, and I have to say this. Um, and I will say this, and this is about me splitting the team, being honest. It is, in my opinion, 
more important to learn first aid than what it is necessarily to learn or trying to understand the perfect haircut. Um, if you can do a good haircut, then that's great. Um, the next stage is what would you do if that dog had a problem in your salon? And this is real, and this is not scaremongering because in the 36 years I've been grooming, um, it's very rarely happened to me, but it has. And luckily I've myself and people around me have been experienced enough to deal with the situation, but it's just covering yourself to make sure that you do understand certain signs and so on and so forth. Also, the Ray K is incredible. I mean, all these seminars, including myself, of course, we're all going to put on great some great seminars. I'm going to be taking some dogs from the competition and doing finishing touches. So if people have competed, and we're going to get to that in a minute, and they haven't placed, it could be literally hairs away from placing. So that is Style to Rescue. Then we have the Great British Grooming Show. And I'm really, really excited about that also. And what I'm going to do is, I don't know if um, I can get somebody on the phone, but the Great British Grooming Show was really, really good. Um, you know, and that is going to be held at the end of May. So, and let me see if I can get um, Lorraine to answer but the, the Great British Grooming Show is put on by Lorraine Mottishead, David Lockwood, um, Julie Smalls, and team. And I, I always say and team, meaning there's more people that make this happen. It's not just a couple of people. This is a two-day show. It's held at a great venue in Bolton, I think. Um, and obviously, if you have any questions, please do um, talk to me or David Lockwood or Lorraine Mottishead. But this is an incredible show which has incredible speakers from around the world. Now, one of the speakers is Isabella Doblis-Jones from Spain. She's English, but she lives in Spain. Um, she is talented, like, I mean, just crazy talented. The woman can scissor. She is a perfectionist. She is, and also she is hilarious. So not only will you learn so, so much from this lady, but you will also probably have a tummy ache from laughing so much because she has talent and personality and is absolutely a laugh right. Then we have the incredible Scott Wasserman from the United States who has a book out about hand stripping. He is the hand stripping king. Me and him are like sisters. I am the prettiest one, just to set the record straight. Um, and I think I may be the older one, but the older, prettier one. Um, no, Scott Wasserman, he's incredible. I've known him for absolute years. Um, he's going to be coming over from the USA and talking to you guys about hand stripping and everything else because he's an all-round groomer. So that's really, really exciting. And he has a great book out, which is about stripping, which is a very, very world of knowledge right there. And this is just to name a few because other judges also. And then we have the incredible Gabriel from the USA. He was on Pooch Perfect USA. He's, um, he has everything. I mean, it's sickening, this man. He's got everything going for him. It makes me very, very sick. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, he's got beauty. He's got brains. He's got the talent. He's got everything. Um, but yes, yeah, so you've got to, I mean, I've got, I think there's people coming just to see him, just to see him and his muscles. But, um, it's going to be an incredible, now these are fire. They call them fireside lesson so these is your opportunity to have a very intimate lesson and there's i think there's only going to be about 10 people in each fireside lesson and um 
it's going to be very intimate and you're going to learn a lot. So it's not going to be a big classroom. Um, so do make sure you go on to the Great British Grooming Show on Facebook to find out more information. Okay. Now let's talk about a little bit about competing because competing is one of them things where people, um, they're like, you know what? I don't compete to win, do I? And I'm like, okay, let me stop you right there. We compete to win, don't we? I know I do. Maybe I'm the only one who does. Obviously, there's more people out there. But you know what? I understand what people are saying about where I don't, I don't compete to win. You compete to learn. But you know what? The ultimate goal is to get first, second, and third. Now, let's go back in a little bit time. Let's go. So let's, let's, let's just say that you're competing at the Great British Grooming Show. And it is held at the end of May. And you're shitting yourself now. That is a very natural feeling to have. Because when I used to compete, and I competed, just to let you guys know, just so you don't think I'm like a talentless, um, um, you know, lecturer. I competed for many, many years in the United States. I've won nearly every single title, major title that is in the USA. I've been on Groom Team USA multiple times. And I've also been on Groom Team Scotland once. So um, I do know my stuff when it comes to competing. Now I'm an educator and judge. And a very, very honest one at that. Um, I love judging. I judge the dog. I don't care who's grooming that dog. I judge the dog only. Um, and obviously, as this is spilling the tea, I'm just going to be very honest. Because you know what? I've gone to some shows and I can understand why people may be discouraged. But I can tell you this right now. Do not be discouraged if you do not win. Okay? Um, make sure you get a critique if you do not win. And let me tell you, let me rewind that a little bit. If you place first place, get a critique because your first, second and third does not mean to say your dog was perfect. Believe me, there are always, always things that can be improved and that you can learn from even if you place. So, okay, we got the grooming show coming up and you're competing and you're thinking, oh my God, I've got this tummy ache. I'm really, really nervous. And what am I going to do? You know what you, what you, what you should do is that dog what you're going to be competing on. This is your time to get it in weekly, wash and dry the dog, get the dog table trained, have it be comfortable with you, especially if it's a client's dog, which you're going to be taking away with you because you want to build up that rapport. And let me make sure this is very clear. Your dog is your partner in crime. Your dog is as important as you are when you compete because without that dog, you're nothing. I say that because my dog, Stephen, without Stephen, I would not have the reputation I have today because he took me up that ladder. It wasn't just me being, oh my God, I'm so incredible at competing. No, damn it. That dog gave me everything I needed to compete, to win, and to climb that ladder. So that dog is your partner in crime. So make sure you make it as much about him as what we do about us. That's really, really important. And obviously, you want to make sure the dog enjoys the experience, which means timings. Timings is really, really important. And I'm not just talking about timings when it comes to the dog being on the table. I mean, when you wake up in the morning and go to that show. Let's go with the bad case scenario. You wake up a little bit late. You're going to be a little bit late and you're going to be going to a grooming competition which the dog has no clue about, okay? All that dog knows is that it's five o'clock in the morning, you put him in the car or her in the car, and they're going somewhere, okay? 
You get to the venue, you're stressed out, you're dragging this trolley and on the on these squeaky wheels, squeaky horrible wheels up the up the pebble pathway, and you got this dog on a leash, and the dog's thinking, "What the hell's going on? Where am I going?" Okay. Then you're in the ring, you rush in the ring, you rush setting up the thing, you put the dog on the table, and they say time. And you have not had one minute to think, to have some water, to take a crap, to pee, to do anything. You've gone right from the car to that ring, and that is not cool when it comes to that dog's well-being, okay? That is the worst-case scenario. The good case is... You wake up with plenty of time, or better better yet, you go there the night before. You get a hotel room. You spend the night in the hotel. You get there early. You relax. You have some drinks. You have your food, and you have the dog on the bed, and you cuddle the dog only if the dog is good on the bed and not if the dog wheezes in the hotel room, but make sure the dog is good in every single way possible. And you make it a good experience for that dog. And you know what? You're there on time. Everything's organized. All you got to do is wake up in the morning from the hotel, get in the car, maybe drive two minutes, and you're at the show. No matter whether you're competing at 8 a.m. in the morning or 1 o'clock in the afternoon, be there early. Okay? Enough early so you can have a drink, not necessarily a coffee. You don't get the shakes. The dog can go to the bathroom. You can go to the bathroom, you can, you know, chill, the dog can be on the table and you can zone, get yourself into this zone where you have to be to make you a little bit more relaxed and also, as important, make that dog be more relaxed. And that dog can actually sit there and think, okay, there's other dogs here, okay, and they're chilling so I'm going to chill with them. And then they say start, and then you can start. And believe me, even in both scenarios, you will be nervous. And I can guarantee that. And that's okay. These are good nerves, I call them. There's nothing bad whatsoever about having nerves. Because it's when you go in with no nerves. That's when I worry. Because when it's happened to me, I haven't done well. Because it means I should have stayed my ass home. Okay? So, you go in the ring. You're nervous. And they say start. Now, when you look at your equipment in your tack box, I hope you haven't bought the entire grooming salon because that means you're going to waste time looking for things. Everything should be easy to grab and you shouldn't have to think twice about it. Meaning if you have a 7F blade, a 5F blade and a 10 blade or 30, whatever it may be, that's all you need in that, that's all you need blade-wise. Snap-on comb-wise also, and maybe have backups in blades if you're not sure if they're dull or not. Then you've got your shears and your chunkers, obviously bring your good ones and your good combs, and you know what, you want to make sure everything is there, ready for you to pick up and use. Your table, do you have a fold-up table, do you have an electric table? If you have an electric table, the good thing about the Great British Grooming Show is they supply tables, praise the Lord. Um, when it comes to other shows, including my own, we don't have supply tables. So it's important that if you have a table and it's a fold-up one, make sure that it's the right height for you and you're not too tall for it, you're not bending over with your back killing you. If you need elephant feet, make sure you have a list. So on your notes on your phone, if you've got that note app, make sure you put in 
grooming competition checklist and make sure you have everything on there that you want to go in your car. And as it goes in your car, you can take it off your list. So that way you have it. But things like that are important. Elephant feet, um, I'm surprised there's not a supplier that sells them yet. And no, I'm not going to do it either. But um, it's one of these things where people do bring fold-up tables. And I've seen people over six feet bent over. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, they look like they're in agony. Um, you want to be comfortable. You want to be looking at what you're doing, not looking over at what you're doing. Um, and that's it. You've got your, you got your table. You've got your tools. And, you know, when it comes to the color schemes of your dog and what you're wearing, obviously, if you're grooming a black dog, don't wear a black top or a black smock. Because when you stand behind it, when you stack the dog for the judge, the dog's going to blend in with you. So make sure you have something bright on so the judge can see the outline. So you're in the ring, okay, and you're grooming away. And you're fine, probably, but probably 10 minutes into the groom you will start to relax and you will relax and think, okay, I've got into that zone now where I'm not freaking out and you are absolutely sailing away. This is the time you want to make sure that you move around the dog properly. Now, I'm going to give you the way I used to move around my dog and I'm not saying to you to change it to do what I do. Don't do a new concept in a competition until you've tried it in the salon. Okay, but I would make sure my dog is blocked in first. Then I go to the rear, then I go to the front and I bring merge the two in together. And then I do my head and tail. Obviously, my legs and that are done with the front and back. Um, if you come across an area and the dog is not enjoying it, do not concentrate and fixate on that area. Move on. Come back to that area. Because obviously the dog is not liking something. And it's not going to change things, is it? So don't try and get it done right away when it's already upset. Move on and come back to it. It could be a little twitch. It could be something very, very, very minute. Um, it could be a tangle. You don't want a dog screaming in the ring, okay? So, um, you know, you want to make sure that you tackle that. And this is the reason why you take a dog in the ring totally, totally tangle-free. And curly free too when it comes to the wall coats. Um, anyway, so you've got your dog in the ring and you've moved around the dog and you've gone back and forth and you've got a really, really cute profile coming on. When you've got something which is starting to appear to be beautiful, don't overfixate and try and um, change it anymore because you can go very... There's been times when I've competed where my dog was better half hour ago and i've kept on going and i've just made it go from long to beautiful to not so beautiful so i'm not saying sit there and fill you you know twiddle your fingers for half hour but i am saying don't try and recreate a haircut which is already looking good when you think you're when you think you're done then that's the time when i would go back and fine tune the intricate parts so my weaknesses are clipping poodle feet face and tail i will quickly quickly do them because my brain is looking at the appealing finished result however and i've had judges if you watched my um speak uh, my talk with pina when she judged me in rags to riches she goes absolutely pretty pretty outline but your clipper work was shockingly 
bad, shitty, 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 shitty. And it was. And you know why? Because I hadn't seen judges really paying much attention to clipper work until her. And then she comes around, picks up my feet and looks in between. I'm thinking, oh, dear Lord. So, yeah, make sure when you do have time and you think you're done, instead of trying to change what looks already looks beautiful, then go for the detail work. Go for the clipping lines. Go for in between your toes. Go for your pads, making sure there's no hairs, because these are the things which can change a first to a second, a second to a third, or vice versa, and also a third into no placements. So it's really, really, really important. And this is coming from a judge's point of view. Um, when I've judged most competitions, my first place dog sticks out um, for the lack of a word, like a sore thumb, but a beautiful sore thumb. Um, it's the second and third which are normally hard to pick um, and really, really hard when there's only four people in the class because you never want to leave one person standing there, do you? And it's really, really difficult for any judge, I think. So it's um, it's important that you do understand things like the detail work and also you understand how to stack a dog because stacking a dog can really really um can do a lot you know and also i hate to say this but even when the dog isn't groomed so well if you stack a dog and you place the hair in, in a position um you can make a dog look beautiful um so make sure you understand how to stack a dog and if you don't know how to stack that particular breed stack it square stack it so its front legs are underneath the dog's front and stack its back legs so they're coming back and the hocks are parallel coming down right down to the table meaning straight not coming in but if you do know the individual stacking for that dog and they could be square they could be stacked square but if you don't know then obviously just do what i say second square but if you do know and you should know especially in champ and in open to be fair um you should know and even in novice and beginners or intermediate you should understand or be wanting to know and you should be researching how that dog should be stacked whether you can stack that dog or not and sometimes on a dumpy pet bichon looking dog they don't want to be stacked like a, a beautiful show-looking Bichon. They they can't be asked. It's like it's like asking me to stand up straight. I don't, I'm not built to stand up straight. I want to sit down, girl. But anyway, yes. <laughs> but it's really, really important that you guys understand that. Um, but also, what's really, really important is you enjoy the actual situation. You enjoy the, um, the, you know, what you're doing. You're standing there grooming a dog, and it should be an enjoyment. And you know what? Yes, when you're in novice and intermediate and you're competing for the first time, even in open, you are going there with, you know, like a, um, you know, not understanding what really to expect. And you are surprised when you do get first, second, and third and sometimes people are surprised when they don't place because they go there with false expectations. And um, you know what? It's uh, one of them things which I tell people. If you think you're going to go to a competition and smash it right away from the get-go and win, maybe you shouldn't compete at all because you know what? You've got to understand 
the competitions and the dogs and the styles. Now, you may think you're a um, poodle specialist. You may have been told that you are incredible grooming poodles and you may go to a grooming competition and groom a poodle and be told totally different. Now, you'll never be told you're a crap groomer, but you will be told what you can do to improve or enhance that haircut. And also, if you are, and I, I think people might... Um, might be upset by this statement, but you know what? It's true. Just because you can groom a standard poodle doesn't mean to say you can groom a miniature poodle. I have seen groomers, top groomers, be, uh, people that have been on TV in Pooch Perfect, groom incredible, beautiful standard poodles. And I've seen them groom miniature poodle. I'm like, really? They've groomed that dog? It looks nothing like what they can do on a standard poodle. So it's not to bad mouth somebody or belittle somebody. It's just a fact. And I think it's because um, the structure may be very similar, but it's on a smaller scale. And if you're new to grooming, and we all say it, I've heard groomers say it before, I'd much rather groom a big dog than a small dog because it's just easier to groom. And you know what? They're right because you have a bigger area to work with. So, um, you know, don't think, um, but... You know that's a bad statement to be told. It's and I've I've told a lot of people that, and if people got upset, I think they've been upset about the wrong. They haven't really looked into it properly. I wasn't saying they're a crap groomer grooming a miniature poodle. It's just, but if you just because you can groom a standard doesn't mean to say you can groom a miniature or a toy. And my God, if you can groom a toy, then you know I praise you all for that. But anyway, so the competition, you know, you go there, and it's about learning. It's about taking yourself on a journey. And believe me, I was at the creative competition um, a couple of weeks ago, and I was literally had my trace down ringside. It was really, really cool. And I was in front of the beginners group. And they were so cute. Because when you see a beginner, you can see the fear in their eyes. And um, my instant reaction is to be a nurturer and to make sure they're comfortable and make sure they're having a good time. The judges did that. They were all incredible. And, um, you know, you had Sharon Mills judging, you had Lackey judging, you had Denise Westbrook judging. And um, they did a great job. And I think it's nice when you see judges actually talk to the, talk to the competitors. Um, because, you know, if you don't talk to a competitor, it'd be like going through immigration, wouldn't it, when you go to another country. It's nice to have a smile on your face and to be, because um, it makes you feel like, okay, it's not so bad. I, I, I can do this. But, you know, and this is to judges who think, you know, it's, not cool to smile or it's not professional to smile believe me it's fine to smile and um and i would much rather have a judge judging my shows who was approachable and who had a smile on their face not some stern person wearing a suit thinking but they should be respected because they're blah 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 i don't care people should smile people should make people feel welcome um contestants have paid money and they deserve to be treated with respect and also um you know with dignity and and to made to feel welcome not to say that that doesn't happen because 99.9 percent .9 of all the shows i've been to judges are incredible so do not take that the wrong way so um yeah it was really really cool to to be ringside watching these young young kids and not so young kids be their first time competing and it's like just just chill and relax and the dogs were so cute and they enjoyed it too and you could tell they enjoyed it and you know the beautiful thing about when they call placements out one of the most beautiful things is when the dog 
gets as excited as the person grooming it. And this is when I always say, whether you place or not, praise that dog. That dog has stood there for two and a half hours, including a Sally break, or I call it Sally break because that's what I'm used to. It's called a comfort break over here. It's called a Sally break in America because Sally Liddick is the one that really bought the taking a break in the middle of the competition to the table and made it mandatory, which I totally am so, so respectful of her for doing so. So um, it's called the comfort break over here. So, you know, you have to look at it like that. My God, I mean, could you imagine standing there for two and a half hours yourself? That's a lot to ask. So it's, it's important when you have a break, do not look at it like, oh my God, it's, you know, it's breaking my zone, bloody, and just be, and just have an attitude. You know what? Put your damn dog on the floor and let it move its legs because it's not used of standing there for two and a half hours. So if you're upset, don't look at it like that. Think about the dog on the table. That's really, really important. And when you take your dog out to go party, because I have seen dogs and a lot of them go poo-poo and pee, which means they needed to get off that table and do that. This is your time to look at the haircut in movement, which is very, very important. So if you have a friend of yours out there, maybe have them move the dog up and down so you can look at the dog in movement. Or if you're moving the dog, make sure when you're moving, you watch your dog, but don't trip up, guys, because that's the kind of thing that I would do. But it's so, so crucial. I see people out there and on a lot of breaks, they're smoking a cigarette, which is fine. I was a smoker once. They're smoking a cigarette. They're not paying any attention to their haircut whatsoever. This is a time to look at your haircut when it's on the floor because you can see so much, especially when the dog shakes. Because what does that tell you when the dog shakes? The hairs will stick out. Normally, the hairs will got to come off. So do pay attention to things. And then when you go back on the table, it would take you four, couple of minutes to get back in that zone. You'll be fine again. But take advantage of the break. And I make it mandatory at Master Groom. When you have a Sally break or a comfort break, your dog has to come off the table and has to move its legs and has to go outside. Because you know what? They sometimes will always go wee-wee and poo-poo. So that's it when it comes to... Um, you know, the competing and really, really important when you've competed on that dog and they've called time, this is crucial, okay? Um, and as a judge, I see this a lot. If I've got 10 dogs to judge and I'm at one end of the one end of the ring and you're at the other, do not stack your dog. Do not make it stand there with your hand around its muzzle because it is it is worthless at that time i'm not looking at your dog okay you have to stack your dog when me or the judge comes up to you to do the judgment that is your time to shine and i say this because you could have stacked your dog when i wasn't looking at it and it then when i come to look at it the dog could be like uh, -uh no no i'm done with this don't touch me make sure and i say that because i've been to competitions and I've got angry because I've seen people, mo mostly with standard poodles, stacking that dog when no judges are looking at it and to the point where their hands around the dog's muzzles and it's white knuckling. And I'm thinking, mm, 
that dog doesn't deserve that. And I'm not saying that the person's doing it on purpose. The person is in a different world right now because their main concern is making sure that their dog looks the best it can look. However, guys, it doesn't mean nothing when nobody's looking at it. So make sure when you stack your dog, you stack it when it counts. And that is when the judge comes along. Now, when the judge comes along, the judge will stand back. You'll stack your dog. The judge will walk up, walk up to the dog and then you will hand them your comb. Why should, and I've seen this a couple of times, I don't agree with it, um, a judge should be combing the dog with the comb that you have groomed. I understand about COVID and I don't think that's a good enough excuse. We can all wash our hands after, um, which if you want to be technical, we probably should anyway. Um, but... A comb, which is different in teeth, width, and size, will comb hair differently. So if you don't ho if you don't hand your comb to the judge and they use their own comb, they could pull out more hair, different hairs, which you haven't seen because your comb hasn't done it. That's why there's some combs which are six quid and some combs that are 40 quid, because combs do make a big difference. Combs have more pointed teeth. The more pointy the teeth are, the more they will grip that hair and pull out. So make sure you give them the comb that you've been combing, okay? And quite frankly, this should be in the rules of the show. A judge should not walk around with their own comb. That's not cool. And I'm not saying, I just don't think it's because they're seasoned judges. Um, they should be using the comb that you've used on that dog. That's really, really important. Especially, I mean, could you imagine it? If you've used a wide tooth poodle comb and a wide tooth poodle and somebody comes across and, and picks up a fine comb. No, 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 no. So it's really, really important, especially on coats like Kerry Blues and stuff like that. If you do a Kerry Blue or an Irish Water Spaniel or dogs like that, you also have to understand as a judge how to comb them coats because you would not comb a Kerry Blue the same way as you comb a poodle and you wouldn't comb... Um, an Irish water spaniel the same way as probably you comb a, a, um, a black Russian. So it's really, 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 really important that people understand this. So hand the judge your comb with a smile on your face. The judge will take that comb and they will normally start the back legs making sure. And this is a time which is also important that you follow the judge around and you watch what they are doing. Because... And I will say this, and I hope, and I say this even with myself, because when I'm judging, I normally go from one class judging to another. I really hope to get to everybody with a critique. However, if I ever couldn't, you're prob you probably saw the reasons why in the combing. So when a judge combs a dog, make sure you watch that judge and what they're pulling out. And that's really, really important because the answer is probably in the pudding. You've probably seen the reasons why, okay? So, um, but also, always, always get a critique. Um, I think at the uh, the Great British Grooming Show, don't quote me on this, but I think I'm going to be doing critiques on competition dogs. I did it at the, um, not the, the Great British Grooming Show. I did it at the Grooming Show and it was incredible. Um, when I do critiques on competition dogs, I don't ask the person what the judge says. I'm not there to contradict what the judge says, and I don't think anybody should. Um, I'm there to help the, the person on the dog. Now, I can only give critiques, uh, and I'm talking 
practical critiques where I pick up the scissors and cut the dog's hair, I can only do, do this on dogs that haven't placed. So dogs what have got first, second, and third, I can do that because you don't know where you've placed because they normally call people's names but don't give them the placements. So it's a really, really, really important. Anyway, so that's the Great British Grooming Show in Bolton. And I think Bolton is around the Manchester area. That is on the um, the end of May, the last weekend of May. That's, I think it's like eight days after my 53rd birthday, just to let you guys know. So if you come into the um, the, the Bolton Show and you want to bring me a present, um, all I ask is um, their gift cards, Starbucks, M&S, um, all that kind of <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. However, I'm serious if you want to buy me anything. Gift cards. Nothing big because my got a small car won't fit. Anyway, so that is the Great British Grooming Show. And then we have the English Groomers Challenge in June. Now, this is literally um, the week after, I think. Now, this is back at the Kennel Club building. Now, the English Groomers Challenge is the longest-running grooming show there is. And sadly, 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 this is the last one. So this is not only... I mean, and it is really sad because this show has really laid down the path for so many groomers and is another show which I hope we all support and promote and go there and visit. Because you know what? And I'll talk about that in a minute, about competitions, because we are coming up to um, 45 minutes and 42 seconds I've been talking. Um, but the grooming show is incredible because it is for the people that want to start out in the grooming industry in the competition world, okay? So if you are going out to compete for the first time and you want to have a show, obviously all shows have beginners classes, but the grooming show is actually um, designed for people that, aren't big title winners so it's really really good and um it's run by the girls from the english groomers group louisa tanner you know what i'm not gonna me- i'm gonna mess up here not i'm gonna forget people sally hart louisa tandy julie harris melanie winters um glenn um i forget his last name oh my god the woman who doesn't like being hugged i forget her name and so many more people um that that put this show together and the rookie and all the other little shows what they put on for the newbies um but the groomers group the english groomers challenge has always been one of my favorites also because um it's where you meet the the, the people the new people coming into the in, coming into the industry these are going to be the future and i'm so much into um the next generation of groomers and for them to be um, loving the industry and then to you know to, to look at it in the same way and hopefully just bring it forward like it should be so that is in june and that's at the kennel club building make sure you go on to english groomers challenge get the information um and you can get all the classes what are going to be taught it's got some incredible judges some incredible classes what are going to be going on um, i will be there also with a trade stand I'm really really excited about that so make sure you go on and do your um, homeworks where the shows are, but that's the three shows I'm going to be talking about. I will talk about the other shows after the English Groomers Group in another podcast. But so we have um, obviously the Great British Grooming Show, we have the English Groomers Challenge, and then we have Master Groom in July. So it's July second and third at the Kennel Club Building again. Um, so 
all the information for my show, Melanie Winter Show, that can be found. You can co contact me, private message me, or you can go to www.colintaylorproducts.com, then go to shop, then go to events, and all the information will be given there with all the class information and also how much it costs and so on and so forth. Now, coming down to how much it costs, because see, people seem to think that um, when people put on shows, they are rich and they make a fortune. Let me tell you something. And really, if this wasn't called Spin the Tea, I wouldn't even talk about, um, you know, finance and stuff like that. But I, but I am going to give you some kind of estimated cost of how much a show costs. So when it comes to um, the conference, for instance, that is the show that I put on at the Doubletree Hilton in November, the conference costs close to £30,000. That includes the stage, which is £10,000 alone. Um, but you have to have a good stage. You have to have a good TV so people can see. You have to have good lighting. You have to have everything. Everything's got to be covered. But you know what? Nobody becomes rich by putting on grooming shows. We do this purely because we love the industry and we want to see it carried on into the next generation. That's really, really, really important. So not only maybe will you want to be a competitor, but maybe you'd want to be the next person who takes on a competition or who runs the conference in the future when I'm, um, you know, walking around with adult diapers on. Um, you know, I still want to be there, and but maybe I want to be in a chair, which is also a toilet, um, you know, and all that kind of stuff because I'm going to be too old. So it's really, really important that the next generation takes on all these challenges. And, you know, they're challenges which takes a lot of dedication, takes a lot of advertising, takes a lot of hard work, and takes a lot of passion. And, you know, so, you know, don't just think that, oh my God, they're making a fortune because you know what? We're not. That's why we do no refunds because you know what? The admin to put on shows is immense. The, um, the, the things you got to cover, the insurances you got to cover, you got to make sure that everything, when you, when you pay for 300 dinners, and, um, you know, tw let's just say 20 people don't show up, so they want their money back. That money's gone. That's been paid. When when you ask for 300 dinners, you can't say after, oh, uh, we, we were 20 people down, so I didn't want to pay for 280. doesn't work that way. They have a business. You have, you paid them. That's what they want. They want the, the money for 300 dinners. So, um, you know, don't think it's, you know, it's like, you know, just easy, easy, because it's not. It's hard, hard work. And this is why we must, we should, I'm not going to say must, I'm not going to be demanding, but please, please support the grooming competitions. And um, it's so important. And the good thing is there's one, um, there's so many this year. So we have in total, and I don't want to get it wrong, We've got the grooming show in in January. We have the this year I'm talking about. Then we have the creative competition. Then we got the Great British Grooming Show. Then we got Master Groom in August. Then we got Premier Grooming. Sorry, Master Groom in July. Then we got Premier Groom in August. Then we have the Southwest Grooming Show, which isn't going on this year, but it will be going on next year. Then we have um, Lackey's Show, which is in October, and I forgot the name. Hang on, hold on one minute. Um, the group. Great British groom off, maybe. Um, and then we have the Irish shows also, which I cannot forget them. 
So we have lots and lots of grooming shows, which means, guys, I've been talking for 51 minutes and 59 seconds, which means that you probably have to look for more dogs because it's going to be amazing to have people you can groom the same dog. And let me just say this again. If you've groomed the same dog at every show, do not think that's a bad thing. Because believe me, including myself, I groomed the same dog, my own dog, Stephen, for many, many shows in America. And every single show he improved. Even when I got first place, he always improved on the next show, which I might not have even placed. It's, a, you know, it's one of them things. And um, before I go... I want to talk a little bit about the um, the Golden Scissor Awards. So the Golden Scissor Awards is a new scheme that Melanie Winters came up with. Um, it's going to be really, really exciting because it's going to be first debuted at the Great British Grooming Show in May, which means you will not only win a um, the whatever the show gives away as a placement, but you will also can go on to the scheme of moving up properly from division to division by getting three golden scissors. So if you, let's just say that you started off in open and you got three gold, you got three first places in the standard poodle class, then you can move up to the champion class, but you can still stay in open for pubert scissor and hand strip terrier. So for every placement, every first place, you will get a golden scissor and you'll be getting these Beautiful enamel pins, which are sponsored by moi, myself, Colin Taylor Products. And you also get a beautiful certificate. And your ultimate goal is to become Supreme Champion, which means when you do all first places in each division in champ, you'll be crowned Supreme Champion. Now, I'm not going to tell you what you may get then, but we're hoping for some pretty big prize money. So... It's going to be exciting, and I think all the shows in the UK have taken the Golden Scissors on board. But I will be doing a podcast with Melanie Winters about the Golden Scissors Award. There is a website which will be going live very, very soon about the Golden Scissors, so you can actually keep up on it. But this will be something that you can also go for. Now, the one thing I've noticed about competitors or groomers, they want to go for every single qualification, which is amazing. They want to go for every single show, which is amazing, which just means finding more dogs, which can be done. And also now you can try to achieve your golden scissors, which means you get more. So I'm really, 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 really excited. So anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed this. And um, I'm looking at my podcast machine right now thinking, did I actually do an exit music thing? So I'm going to do the same exit that I did for the intro and just cut it short before I talk so if you have any questions please contact me um you can contact me via my website www.colintaylorproducts.com it has my contact details on there once again you go to the shopping area of that website and then go to events and then you can sign up for the grooming conference which is still 150 quid might I just say which is stupidly stupidly cheap for two days of education a gala dinner industry awards amateur drag show on the friday night before um dancing on the saturday night also 150 quid guys this is stupidly this should be that package alone should be around 350 
So I'm going to let it go to 150 for another month, and then it goes back up to the normal price of 175. You can buy them tickets at www.collingtaylorproducts.com. And um, but once again, if you have any questions, contact me about the com com uh, com 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 come back, come back, come back, come back, come back, come in here. Can't even talk. Um, compete in. Um, and I'm more than happy to answer any questions because that's what I'm all about. Helping people progress, excel, and once again, enjoy it. And the one thing I want to really, really home in on, guys, make sure you realize your dog is your partner in crime. He or she is as important as you are in the competition. So get there in plenty of time. So you can relax, enjoy the experience, and I will see you, see you soon. Thank you.